Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the OrthoBullets podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of sacral agenesis found under the pediatric section at orthobullets.com. Let's begin with a quick summary. Sacral agenesis is a congenital condition associated with caudal regression syndrome characterized by the partial or complete absence of the sacrum and lower lumbar spine. Diagnosis is made clinically with prominence of the last vertebral segment and postural abnormalities. Treatment involves a multidisciplinary approach to address neurological, genitourinary, and orthopedic manifestations. Now let's get into the episode. In terms of the incidence, remember that this occurs in 1 to 2.5 in every 100,000 newborns, and it is highly associated with maternal diabetes. In terms of the pathophysiology of the neurologic involvement, remember that the motor deficit corresponds to the level, and the protective sensation is usually intact. This is important in that there is a lesser rate of decubit eye ulcers, and this differentiates it from myelodysplasia. Conditions that are associated include caudal regression syndrome, which may include gastrointestinal disorders such as imperforate anus, as well as genitourinary disorders, cardiovascular disorders, lower extremity deformities, and progressive kyphosis. Sacral agenesis is subdivided according to the Renshaw classification. Type 1 involves partial or total unilateral sacral agenesis. Type 2 involves partial sacral agenesis with a bilaterally symmetrical defect. Type 3 involves the ilium articulating with the sides of the lowest vertebra that is present. And type 4 involves a caudal end plate of vertebra resting above fused ilia or an iliac amphiarthrosis. Moving on to the presentation, remember that this will be based on the severity of the disease. On exam, one may note prominence of the last vertebral segment, and a classic sign is of buttock dimpling. One may note postural abnormalities, such as a sitting Buddha position, and there may be limb and joint contractures, which may include extended knees, flexed hips, and equinovarus feet. In terms of motion, one may note that flexion and extension occurs at the junction of the spine rather than the hips. And in terms of the neurovascular exam, there may be motor and sensory deficits which are common in severe disease. In terms of treatment, non-operative options include physical therapy. This is indicated for Renshaw types 1 and 2. In terms of the outcomes, remember that most patients will become community ambulators. However, foot and knee deformities must be addressed. Operative options include spinal stabilization procedures. This is indicated for Renshaw's type 3 and 4 with progressive kyphosis or scoliosis. In terms of the outcomes for this approach, remember that progressive kyphosis and or scoliosis may develop between the spine and pelvis and that the patient must use their hands to support the trunk, and therefore they are unable to use their hands for other activities. Another option is limb amputation. This is indicated for non-functional lower limb deformities, and in terms of the outcomes, this results in better mobility. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to sacral agenesis, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A full-term newborn has webbing at the knees, rigid club feet, a Buddha-like posture of the lower extremities, and no voluntary or involuntary muscle action at and below the knees. Radiographs of the spine and pelvis reveal an absence of the lumbar spine and sacrum. What maternal condition is associated with this diagnosis? And the answer choices are, choice one, alcoholism, choice two, drug abuse, choice three, Down syndrome, choice four, diabetes mellitus, or choice five, idiopathic scoliosis. The best answer to this question is, choice four, diabetes mellitus. The history, physical exam, 
and radiographic findings are consistent with type 4 sacral agenesis or caudal regression syndrome. These children are born with no lumbar spine or sacrum. The T12 vertebra is often prominent posteriorly. Popliteal webbing and knee flexion contractures are common with this diagnosis. There is a higher incidence of this diagnosis when the mother has diabetes mellitus. Maternal drug abuse and alcoholism can produce phenotypically unique children, but without the findings described here. Maternal idiopathic scoliosis is not associated with caudal regression syndrome. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A two-year-old boy has complete absence of the sacrum and lower lumbar spine. What is the most likely long-term outcome if no spinal pelvic stabilization is performed? And the answer choices are, choice one, progressive paralysis. Choice two, neck extension contracture. Choice three, inability to sit without using the hands for support. Choice four, progressive hip dislocation. Or choice five, sexual dysfunction. The best answer to this question is, choice three, inability to sit without using the hands for support. Without stabilization, progressive kyphosis will develop between the spine and pelvis. The kyphosis progresses to the point that the child must use his or her hands to support the trunk and therefore is unable to use his or her hands for other activities. Neck extension contracture does not usually develop. Neurologic deficit, including sexual dysfunction, is generally present at birth and static. That's all for this review about sacral agenesis. We hope that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session from OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on orthobullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the OrthoBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the OrthoBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.